0: You're listening to The Plug with Neil Griffiths. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Plug Podcast with me, Neil Griffiths. Proudly presented by the heroes and our best friends at Audio Technica Australia. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the team. And if you're a regular listener, hello again. I've missed you, you sweet, sweet human. Before we get started on this week's episode, as always, if you haven't already, rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to this on. And stay up to date with everything happening on the show by following us on Instagram, at theplugwithneilgriffiths, on TikTok, at theplug.com podcast and on YouTube the plug with Neil Griffith the podcast where you can watch clips and full episodes On to this week's guests you know in the last few weeks we've had people on from all over the world Canadian hero Dallas Green of course City in color US acts like Gracie Abrams and all-time low and even German duo Milky Chance so as I sit here recording this episode in New York City I am rapt to welcome a fellow Aussie back in multi-instrumentalist, producer, and singer-songwriter, Tash Sultana. Tash came on ahead of some big Australian festival dates and international shows, and on the back of their latest single, James Dean, which is out right now. James Dean is the first taste of new music from Tash since the number one charting 2021 record, Terra Firma, and an upcoming EP, which we spoke all about, as well as Tash's rise over the last few years and mental health struggles during that time, their upcoming tour dates with the boss, Bruce Springsteen, and being summoned to Snoop Dogg's dressing room during the Hip Hop Icon's recent Australia tour. Let's get into it. Here's my chat with Tash Sultana on The Plug Podcast. All right, welcoming to the plug podcast, my guest, Tash Sultana. Tash, thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you. If uh, for the people listening to the podcast, you can't see, but I've only dressed myself from the waist up. So I've got like. Welcome to Zoom nice life. Clothes. Yeah. I've got trackies on. And they, well, they I went and had acupuncture the other day, and they literally smell like fire, my
0: pants. I thought you meant your legs. I was like, is that what acupuncture does? I've never had it.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, they they do this, what's it called? Moishabun or something. And then um, they like burn this herb on your legs and shit.
0: Oh, good. That sounds awful. Not
1: for everyone. <laughs> I just saw, I just saw this. I'd never been to this place before. And this bloke is one of the first people in, in Melbourne to do acupuncture. So he's... This little Chinese dude mm. who's been there for like 40 years and didn't ask me too many questions <laughs> and just got stuck into me with the needles and stuff. And honestly, like, it was, I had a massive headache that day and, and it was gone.
0: Like instantly?
1: Headache. Pretty much, yeah. Wild.
0: We'll use some teasers for social media, but from the waist up, you look great. So this is all fine. The last time I spoke, and the reason you should remember this, it, it would have been two years ago. Uh, on my old podcast um it would have been right before terra firma came out which by the way mm-hmm. you first have a number one album belated congratulations only two Thank years to how has everything been i guess in the last two years since that album did what it did considering it did what it did during a fucking pandemic
1: see to me like in like even though it got a like a it charted like around the world and mm-hmm. it also got a number one in Australia, which was cool. But, like, for me to release a record and not go and tour it, I can't see the impact of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't, I released that record in 2021 and I didn't go on and tour it until 2022. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it was like, I don't know how this record has actually done because I can't physically see it happening. You know, like, for me being, like, predominantly a live act I'm just used to like dropping tracks dropping whatever and then just going on tour for years after that so to me I couldn't really see how it hit people and it's funny because every time you release new music you're always going to get painted with a brush of some people are like oh I love your new stuff it's so much better than your old stuff, <laughs> but then there's the people that are like, "Oh, I don't like your your new stuff. I like your old stuff." And I don't read my comments or anything, but I was having a scroll on Instagram the other day, and you know when you can like, there's a you you've got a post, but you can visibly see like a couple of comments without clicking on it. Yeah. Well, I saw one, and I, I saw that. one the other day. I know I haven't. I, I saw one that was, hate all the new stuff, went to a show in Canada, almost fell asleep and that, that, that shit doesn't bother me so I just I had to reply and I just said, um, I'm really sorry, next time I'll tuck you in and give you a little pillow and blanket.
0: Did he right back though? And immediately be like, "Oh, look! I was just kidding. Like, it's great." Usually when you, I don't know. I, usually don't when know. you take on the know. trolls, they completely back down and pretend like it was just a light joke. Like, lighten up.
1: Nah, I, I mean I don't engage in that stuff. It was just literally I was just having a scroll, mm. and it was a visible comment, and I just couldn't <laughs> help myself. My wife was like, "Don't fucking do that!" Like, I haven't actually. Yeah, I mean I, I don't engage in that kind of stuff because it's not. It's it doesn't help anybody, and also every time you release new music, who it has to be right for you mm. because you're never going to actually be able to have everybody on your side or, or please everybody and not everyone's going to get it. Mm. No matter like how much you passionately slaved away, some people it's just not for them. Like example, people love beetroot. I fucking hate beetroot. And you can dress it up in a million different ways, serve it up fucking a la carte from the (laughs) fanciest motherfucking chef. And I'll still hate it because I hate beetroot. It tastes like dirt. Yeah. To me, you could just have a cup of dirt. But like that's, music is kind of subjective and because it's not like sport, like in sport, there's a very clear, or most sport, very clear number one. It's the strongest, it's the fastest, it's it's that type of shit. But in music it's not like that. So um, I think when you want to just do things to get like nods from the industry, which many people do, you're going to be chasing that forever and it's really going to fill the void that you've got because everything has to be for you because if it's not for you, then it's it kind of expires. You'll listen to it back and go, oh, what was I trying to do there? I was maybe trying to ride another hit. I was trying mm-hmm. to do another another something, chasing something. And it never it never works out. I've what I've figured out is I've gotten to the age that I'm at now. And I've I really just don't care. Maybe a little too much. But I've just like I've stopped caring about the things I can't control. I've stopped caring about how I will be perceived by others. I've stopped caring about if people don't or do like the direction I'm going in because um, this is just part of artistry evolution and, like, human personal evolution is I love where I'm at right now. I feel the most locked in. I feel the happiest. I feel the clearest I've ever been and I feel like I'm singing and playing and producing better than I ever have before because I put in the time. And, yeah, it's, it's just pretty much just about me. <laughs> not, not in a selfish no, way, yeah, no. but I'm only doing this, you know, I'm doing this for me. It's my lifestyle.
0: Yeah. When do you think it's you great. adopted that attitude? Because, again, thinking back to that interview we did for the Terra Firma album, you didn't seem at least Talking to me, you didn't seem like you had this attitude of like, it's got to be the best album. It's got to impress everyone in the industry. You did seem pretty laid back then as well. Were you just good at hiding that or have you had that for a couple of years now?
1: I mean, it would have been nice if it did, but it didn't at all. And it actually taught me a very valuable lesson, which is that it can't be about those things. Mm. For me, the success of my music is measured in in live performance, selling all those tickets all around the world and playing, you know, all the shows that I do and all the festivals that I do and literally, literally any country that I go to. It's just that—that that is how I measure my flow on effect of, of success because I'm an independent artist and I don't have the push of a, of a major label. Um, I haven't signed my life away. I've always done everything on my own terms, whether they've been right or whether they've been wrong or whether they've worked or, or that they, they, they haven't. And I've embraced all my mistakes and all of my successes and I've embraced points of my life where I let my ego get the better of me and then, I, you know, I got myself out of that kind of headspace as well. Being an artist is literally... <laughs> Just a made-up world of emotions. Like, Mm. we put ourselves through so much shit for literally no reason. Like, I was watching this thing the other day where John Mellencamp was saying that if we don't create, we make shit up. We just start making shit up. Mm. And it's true. Like, he was just saying that he becomes a complete and utter hypochondriac and he just starts making shit up. Like, yeah, wow. I, yeah, so I think if I was a scientist, I'd probably have a bit more of a straightforward flow of motion so <laughs> I'd be a bit more logical, a bit yeah. more, like, analytical. But, yeah, and then I I went through this period where I really recently where I was kind of convinced that I couldn't, like, feel really sad because I just, I'm not much of a crier and I I'm really hadn't cried in a really 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 long time Mm -hmm. and uh i've had an interesting couple of weeks this week filled of emotion and um yeah like on sunday like i was just a mess you know why (laughs) fucking yeah so my dog one of our dogs almost died on sunday jesus um and i just she's she's okay she's a little whippet. she's just um She's gonna have to be on medication for the rest of their life because she they couldn't figure out like what the fuck was wrong with this dog. She was just mm. like vomiting and shitting and pissing blood and collapsing and just not right. She's only two and a half and she we, we went in to see her Sunday because they were like, you know, call the whole family in. We don't know how this is gonna go. So we had me, my wife, my mom, my dad, and our other dog, Marley, in there just When you have those moments, like a little dog, like to some people, animals are just that animals, but no, my animals are like my Mm. children.
0: I remember I put like, I had to put my dog down years ago and I was like, what is the fucking point of having a dog if you have to do this? This is hell. Yeah. 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 But isn't that but isn't that kind of like sweet in the sense that like you talked about like all the, the pressures that come with being an artist and the highs and the lows? That shit doesn't phase you. But your dog being sick I mean, really I fucking mean, does.
1: Oh that, yeah, like that, that yeah, that phases me much more mm. than than that. Like there's always gonna be the pressures of the highs and the lows, but I think it's just more of like an internal um conversation with yourself, which is just point blank. Why are you doing this? What are you doing it for? And what do you want out of it? Mm. It's just three questions that you should ask yourself because they're going to lead you in the direction of um, sustainability or not. They also might lead you in the direction of becoming a product that's, like, mass produced to the world, which there is an art in that as well. Um that, that's not my way, you know, like I'm not looking to get into the studio um, to have other people write all my songs to try and get a hit that I don't really care about and that doesn't really mean anything to me in order to be, like, famous. Mm. Um, yeah, no, nah, that's that's not my go. I just want to be able to have a career that expands longevity so in 20 years time i'm still going on tour and i'm, I'm still living my life i'm um, playing all around the world because like i just want to stretch it out as, as long as i possibly can i've been in the music like public eye for like 10 years now mm-hmm. and i'm pretty grateful to have been around this long and i would say that it's kind of like like i'm, I'm here I've, I've kind of i think i've kind of like Proved myself in a sense, like when people first saw me, a lot. Of, a lot of it was just met with, "Oh, this is just a, an overnight fucking thing," mm. and and it wasn't. And you know what? It was an overnight thing, as my father says. It was an overnight thing that took twenty years in the making.
0: I hate that term as well because I'm I was working in music media right when Notion came out and then between Notion and Flow State, it felt like you were the biggest artist in Australia. Like it was just bang, 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 bang. But it's such bullshit to say Tash Sultana is an overnight sensation because it's not like, oh, this is the first thing I've ever done is Notion. And this is the first time I picked up a guitar. Like that's bullshit, <laughs> right? Like that's going to be infuriated. I remember like even writing news stories. I'm like, we're not calling Tash an overnight sensation. Shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I've heard it time and time again and I wasn't, you know, like I've been and no one actually really is, to be honest, because like, you know, and just pick up an instrument the day before and and blow up the next day. Like, it's just that's just not how it goes. Like, it's just that overnight you discovered who they mm. were. We, we've been live. We've been living. <laughs> I've been around. You know, I've done my fair share of fair shares, but you just didn't, I wasn't in your orbit until mm. the previous night. So, you know, it's as me and everyone, every other artist, It's it's years of dedication, hours and hours of just refining your craft and fucking it up and trying again and hating yourself and then hating life and then, getting inspired and then crying and (laughs) then, you know, do it. It's great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How many times have you had to have that conversation with yourself? Because, you know, this new single, James Dean, which by the way, fucking incredible. And just, you've changed it up yet again from terra firma. I know this song is kind of an ode to, you know, trying to suss out who your true friends are and cutting out people who aren't of value to anymore. Looking back all the way to notion when things started really picking up from you, at least from a mainstream point of view, to now, mm-hmm. how many times have you had to check in with yourself and say, "All right, Tash, bring the fucking ego in."
1: I wouldn't necessarily say that, that would be the right way to say it. Mm-hmm. It's just when you kind of explode like that, um, you really you will know who your true friends are and We'd who have to, right? aren't. In the periods of silence where things are not actually exploding, because that type of that level of consistency where it's just like boom, 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 that is not sustainable. So like there's a period of my life where I was, you know, fresh out of the gate, getting played everywhere all the time, think blowing up and and not know, just in Australia, notion. like
0: overseas too, right? Like you're playing big show well, shows overseas.
1: Well, the thing is, is I play bigger shows now than I did then. Yeah. It's just that What I see it as is there was just like this enormous jump from being this busker to then being this artist on a global level. That that jump, that ascension happened very quickly. So like within, you know, 18 months to kind of two years after the, you know, during the Notion EP to like Flow State, that ascension was just like so fucking quick, so fucking fast when you're floating up at that speed, where is the ground? Where is your, Where are your friends? Where's your head? And I just, I wasn't the best person, the best version of me during that period of time. And my kind of didn't really understand how to be or like what the fuck was going on. Because you're at that period of my life, I was like, you know, 20, 21, 22-ish, 23. That's very early stages of like young adulthood um, to have the pressure of the world on your shoulders, critiquing the fuck out of you or loving the shit out of you. You've been pulled in really different directions. Where's the center when you don't really know who you are as well? Mm. Um, So, those points were like some of the worst times of my life. And I'll never write probably really write music like that again because I am in such a different phase of life right now that it's not the music it's just the experience that led me to write that music I don't want to be experiencing those mm. fucking things ever again because I end I ended up in a fucking health retreat a health retreat in Byron Bay canceling shows and doing emotional rehabilitation at one point I was just like was this
0: so cool. between Flow State and Terrafilm
1: No this was this was kind of like 2017 right, right, era right yeah. while I was recording flow State yeah I just was on tour and I, I wasn't coping I wasn't I wasn't doing okay at all and then I pretty much called my manager and said I'm um, mate like can can't do this I'm going home you know being the lovely guy he is full support, full respect. I was on a flight home the next day. Checked into a health like retreat thing up in Byron Bay, and and did kind of did sessions there every day for five five weeks, just to like come back to reality because mm-hmm. I was just not in it at all. And and I mean like in the sense of I just was so was so mentally unwell that I just was not at all in reality whatsoever. Um, and, I've, and I've dipped into that um, headspace many times in my life um, and, it, yeah, that's pretty much why I'm just so keen on clean living and really looking after myself now because I know where I can go in my head and I know where I've been and the scariest part of life the the thing that I most feared in the world at points in my life has been myself. So having to confront those parts of you that are can be severely mentally ill, like you don't just turn mm. that shit off, you know? Yeah. You don't. And there's different levels of mental illness. Like well, I think we're all a little bit affected, but like it's it, like when people would say to me, you know, you didn't seem that bad. Well, I fucking was and
2: (laughs) i was yeah Yeah. i
1: fucking was i fucking Mm. was so when i get really bad i actually get quite agoraphobic and i and i feel like i can't go outside so um you know living like that in fear fear of avoidance is like is is terrible how how do you do a tour in a different place every single day when Mm. you're fucking like freaking out in new environments all the time and pretty much has taken all these years of therapy and whatnot to get to the conclusion that it was just literally panic. Like it's all derived from just like this overdrive of panic. So I know that if I get too stressed, then I'm going to get really anxious and then I'm going to get really fucking panicky, which is going to make me really fucking paranoid, which is going to make me literally lose touch with reality. Like it's literally, it's fucked. But I'm not in though. I'm not there anymore. That's what has happened to me at period, in periods of my life. So I believe that regardless of w- my career and being an artist, I think I was predisposed to things like that happening. If you look at my family history, like everyone, <laughs> everyone's checked in <laughs> to the like mm. mental asylum
0: pretty mm. much. See, so you kind so, it's, it, its good that you that you do that at all, though, right? Like, imagine if you just thought, "No, nah, just keep touring." Like, the Tash Sultana bubble is is still massive. Let's just keep going. Everyone, shut the fuck up. Like, that could have been disastrous in hindsight.
1: I mean, it it is it is what it is. I think I made the right decisions yes. at the time that have led me to where I am now. It's kind of taught me my boundaries, um, and limitations, and things that I will 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 not put up with example leading me back to the single James Dean Mm. um I don't have time for things that take up capacity in my life that aren't it like sorry I'm almost 30 now I just um I feel very old um stubborn I'm straight to the point yeah and I don't have time for people fucking beating around the bush. Like if, if I see an inkling of something that I get like a bit of a doubt about somebody, I'm I, I become a ghost and you will never hear from me again because yeah. I'm very private and I very much respect my space. And I think if you get a feeling about somebody, say it or bail.
0: I like that. Frame that quote.
1: Say it or bail.
0: Looking to take your home recording studio to the next level? The new Audio Technica AT2020 USB X Condenser Microphone has been specifically designed for musos, podcasters, and content creators who want the best quality sound with the easiest setup possible. It features a built in headphone jack with volume control to let you directly monitor the microphone signal with no delay and has a silent touch sensitive mute button to quickly and easily mute audio at the microphone. Whether you're looking for the best streaming microphone or looking to enhance your content creation for YouTube videos, the AT2020 2020 X is the optimal choice for all types of content creation for more details on how you can get your hands on this microphone head over to audiotechnica.com did you ever have like the cliche examples of like people you might have gone to high school with who you haven't spoken to in 10 years and suddenly they want to hang out and and be your best friend again
1: honestly yeah like a few of them but I well, most of my friends are still the same ones that I had from high school anyway.
0: That's good.
1: Like I've had, I've my core friendship group I made from the ages of five to thirteen. We've been friends for all those years, and obviously, nice. there's been other people on the periphery of that. We're like extended friendship groups, so we don't really see each other anymore. But in terms of like Klingons and like moochers or like. To be fair, no, that didn't come from that orbit of people. I'd say <laughs> I'd say, it comes from the music industry, actually.
0: I believe that 1,000%. And this new single as well, we know that an EP is coming. Do we have details on that? I'm going to be an absolute pest now. Do we know dates, titles?
1: Um, date, no. Title, yes. EP, yes. Six tracks. Um, one's a big collab with an American artist that I really, really love. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all being mixed at the moment. And we're not going to give specific dates because every time we do that, (laughs) it just taints it. It doesn't fucking happen.
0: Well, you've kind of got a very busy schedule between now and November. I think like you've got a couple of Australian festival dates, then you go play in Japan, Europe, UK, You're playing with a young man named Bruce Springsteen. What the fuck? Mm. How did that happen?
1: Just happened. Great. I'm pretty. I'm pretty not. I'm. I'm not really phased by, like, those things. You know what I mean? Really? No, I'm not. And what I mean by that is, I could probably be in the room with Beyonce and still just be really relaxed about it. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not. I'm not starstruck by people because I don't care about the fact that people are famous like I just don't. I, what I really like to see in people is the like love of the craft and the passion for the instrument. So for someone like Bruce Springsteen, he is Bruce Springsteen, the name, the title in some terms like, you know, he's become a product of, of the world because he's been around for so long.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: he's a real musician. Like, you know, he plays fucking, he's old as shit now and he's playing for fucking three hours yeah. for every single concert. Now, you don't do that unless you want to be there. Mm. And that is what I like to see in people is I don't really care about the name of the person or the height of the fame. I just want to see passion in, in the player whether they be in the corner of a pub or on the world stage like that is what moves me in, yeah as an artist.
0: i mean i can you can see that like when we have these conversations like when you i remember again when you released terra firma you said like after flow state you kind of wanted to fuck off for a little bit and then same with terra firma but obviously we we're in a pandemic so you couldn't really do much this new music sounds nothing like terra firma and terra firma sounded nothing like flow state. And I mean that in the best way possible. I'm assuming that this EP is going to be a complete change up from terra firma talking from that longevity standpoint. I think that's the best way to be right. You've just completely kind of dissociated yourself with the industry and go, no, I'm going to be over here making this music and I'll release it when it's ready. And then you do. And it's fucking incredible.
1: Thank you. I mean, I, I kind of dissociated myself from um, conforming to society as a kid <laughs> because I always felt like I was just a bit of a drifter. Like I didn't really have a set like group or clique throughout school or high school. I was happy to kind of just have a chat and be friends to anyone and everyone, but I didn't really like belong to a clique and I feel like that as an adult, like I'm not really rock and roll, so I don't really like fit in that clique and I'm not really like fully en- enough soul to be over there or enough rock to be over there or enough yeah. funk to be over there or enough reggae to be over there or enough folk to be over there. So I kind of like didn't really feel like I fit into a group of people, which is fine. It's not to say that I'm not friends with, you know, those, those people. But I don't belong to a hub. Mm. So being an artist that kind of did things a little bit like DIY, well, DIY, still now doing it that way, I got a bit of a thrill when I would get like a bit of a setback, you know, like a bit of a mm, nah, no one's going to play a song that goes for seven minutes on the radio no one's going to book an artist that does this type of shit. Mm. Um, you know, it's not really like commercial enough to like win an award or, and all those things happened.
0: Which know, is, they all is, happen. that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I
1: like, I always had a thrill. Like, if if you tell me to do something, I probably won't do it. If you tell me that I can't <laughs> do it, then I will start. Right. Like, okay. And I've been like that as a kid. Maybe it's because I have really high-functioning ADHD where it's like, do not touch that. And I just have to touch every single bit of it. Has
0: there yeah. been those conversations where with your in a circle where they're like, we're not going to tamper too much with this genre and you're like, fuck that, let's do it?
1: I think I've just been like mis a lot, but yeah. I also can't give you the answer of where it fits either because it's I just like all different types of music, so I'm really moved by, you know, reggae, soul, funk, hip-hop, folk, blues, psychedelic rock, rock and roll, and I fucking love, like, electronic music. I love house music. I love the shit out of, like, worldly music, you know, Mm. lots of international sounds yoga soundtracks and sitars and tublers, fucking flutes all of it love it mm. all.
0: do you think there's a world where again i can only assume what you want to do after this ep and you've got a very busy year ahead with touring do you kind of want to, again kind of just fade away home or is there a world where like maybe you'll just solely work on other people's music because obviously you do a lot of producing and you've got a big roster with your agency is that something you're thinking about or doing
1: I have been doing it. I've, yeah. I've, I've been over in America working with some people and linking up with, with some pretty interesting people, actually. <laughs>
0: like, I'm in New York right now, like, and the amount of, like, eccentric people I've met, they're just very full. No, oh, I,
1: like, I, um, I was with Snoop Dogg the other week, which is oh. really funny.
0: Name drop, sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is quite funny because, like, you probably wouldn't tie the two of us together in any kind of sense, but we actually run in quite similar circles, right. which is really funny. Um, so he had asked to meet me. So I went to the show in Melbourne mm-hmm. and watched the show. And then we went you know, backstage and uh, his tour manager came out and she said, you know, Snoop's ready for you to come Um to the, to the dressing room. So I was like, okay, cool. I said, just to check with you, Snoop told you that he would like to meet me? And she's like, yeah, he, he would love to meet you. So I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and then I walk in the room and it's just me, my wife, uh, a bunch of, of strippers. And Snoop Dogg smoking a fucking huge blunt,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: he says, "What's up, shoddy? I'm like, "Hey, man!" I actually said, "Hey, mate!" Welcome to Australia. How's it going, And yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Very yeah, good." Yeah, I'm loving, loving it, loving it. And then he would just kind of like, you know, tapped me on the arm, and was, and he was just like, "So, I hear a lot about you." And then I was saying, Oh, yeah, I, I said, I think we have kind of some pretty similar friends. And then he asked who they were, and I, I mentioned who they were. And then he goes, Well, sounds like we got to be getting in the studio together. And I was just like, You let me know.
0: Sure. Great. Did you like plan um, dates?
1: No, no, I I didn't want to loiter in the room because it, it looked like there was a bit of a, a big party that was gonna gonna happen. So, yeah. I I just you know said my bits and then just left. I don't like to you know overstay in those mm-hmm. situations. I kind of just came in, said hey, thank you, whatever, and left. And then his tour manager was like, you know. But like Snoop doesn't just like say that shit because everyone wants to do work work with the fucking, with the dog. Mm. So she was like, you know, when he says things like that, he's actually a man of his word. He does mean it. So, I mean, look, that's just what happened. <laughs> the future holds, I do yeah. not know. But at that point, that is what happened and it was really nice. He was really chill.
0: To your point too as well earlier about Springsteen too, like Snoop is I think mid-50s. He doesn't need to be on the grind and hustle as much as he still is. That is a man who loves what he does. And if he's hearing about artists like yourself, he's still got his ear to the ground.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, it's funny. It's just quite funny to
2: me. It's wild.
1: Just this, just this little fucking kid from Melbourne just jamming in their bedroom mm. and then just growing up and living the dream and having all these really interesting experiences. Um, and I did ask my mum if she wanted to come that night and she was just like, no, I, I can't. I'm too nervous. To the show want <laughs> to, to meet Snoopy
0: <laughs> Me
1: To meet Snoop. Right, right, after right. The show, she was just like, I just can't. But like, I like that about my parents is because they're really humble people. So, yeah. you know, my dad comes from, my dad is an immigrant. So when he came here, it was about working really, really hard. So that's where I've got that from, was from my father. Um, and everything that they had, they, they built from the ground up. Like They came and lived in a caravan with eight people and cleaned bricks and fucking, you know, st- sold scrap metal and just, like, mowed the people's lawns on the street just to start out pretty much. Like, Mm. Dad and that whole side of the family like Again, it's all DIY. They just had the idea that if anyone, if someone else could do it, there's nothing stopping them from learning how to do it. Yeah. And that's just the, that's where my dad came from. So I have got that off my dad. Like, my dad never, ever said to me, you cannot do this. He mm. always said, you can do it. So I, I always just did everything that I wanted to do because I adopted that mentality of like, yes, yeah, sick. Like, fuck yeah, I can do that.
0: In that DIY spirit, is this EP a cheeky precursor to an album later on? Is this just you just have these batch of songs you want out immediately? Do you have a little game plan there as far as releases?
1: So some of those songs are actually, James Dean doesn't sound like the other songs on the record.
0: Oh, shit. Okay.
1: They all kind of sound, well, they're all me, obviously, but they all sound quite different from one another. And you can hear, I would say you can hear a blend of the Notion EP, the Flow State record and Terra Firma all together in them, coated with a version of me from the now, like a matured version of me from the now. So that would be the best kind of way to put it. So, like, James Dean, yeah, it does sound different, but it's also kind of fits into, like, Can't Buy Happiness, Crop Circles, Coma. Like, it's very much that real live instrument, acoustic guitar sound, which is my favourite way to write music. Yeah. Yeah. but, yeah, some of those tracks are spillage from the tracks I didn't put on Terra Firma.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: You're and then to... some of them are just yeah.
0: totally new as well. Right. So the the EP, at least for the foreseeable future, is going to be the, the one and only thing you're releasing as far as a collection of songs.
1: I'm going to go with that answer.
0: That sounds very ominous. I like that, though.
1: Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> okay.
0: Tash, let's leave it there. Thank you so much for coming on. It was great to chat to you again properly since, fuck, over two years. Um, Yeah, this James Dean single sounds awesome. I can't wait to hear the rest and um, I guess on a TBA date sometime this year. Sometime. Tash, thanks so much. We'll talk soon. See you, mate. This episode is proudly sponsored by Audio Technica Australia. Subscribe, rate and review The Plug on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on Instagram and YouTube at The Plug with Neil Griffiths and on TikTok at theplug.podcast to stay up to date with episode releases and giveaways.